What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brandon Janu Show. As you know, I am Brandon Janu. Like always, on all podcast platforms, I have a Brandon Janu Show. Social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, Brandon Janu Show. And of course, like always, YouTube channel, Brandon Janu Show. Shout out to everybody that's been subscribing, that's been commenting. I appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it, man. Excuse me. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. As you know, it's Tuesday, which means I bleed sports, man. Crazy sports week last week. Uh, I'm going to talk about it. Of course, football is always on a topic of mine uh, when it comes to sports. But uh, let me kick it off like this. So baseball ended last week. The Texas Rangers are officially now the World Series champs. I can't think. I think it was... Tuesday last week or the week before uh, Thursday, I can't remember when they took it, but they did take the World Series. Won the series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, four to two. Um, no, four to one. I'm tripping. Four to one. Um, first World Series ring, first World Series championship in Texas Rangers history. So congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Uh, they pretty much dominated the postseason uh, from the moment they played. I mean, they dominated the first. They beat down Tampa in Tampa, uh, swept them uh, in three. Uh, then they went against the Baltimore Orioles and swept them in three. Only time they really had to struggle was against the Astros, which is, you know, commendable and kind of understanding uh, why they kind of struggled against the Astros. Um but, you know, defending Super Bowl champion, so it made sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, Texas uh, Rangers are now World Series champions. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Um, which now creates this conversation of where is Shohei Otani going? And for the better part, also Mike Trout. I mean, where are those two guys going to be ending up at the end of uh, when it's all said and done? Uh, as you know, uh, I do this show with my brother Wine called uh, Jack's Wild. And he's a massive uh, Angels fan, Los Angeles Angels fan, man. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, so, you know, this is going to be a hard off season for him. You know, he's a he's a massive Angels fan. Shohei Otani is a generational game changing talent. Um and to be honest, I don't know where he goes when it's all said and done. I don't know where he ends up. I mean personally, I'm a Cubs fan. So of course I want him in Chicago with the Cubs, but I don't know if he's gonna want to go to that cold ass weather and have to play in those certain situations. The Cubs who just barely missed the playoffs this season. Got a new manager and a Craig uh, Council. He goes from literally being, and by the way, Craig Council, who is actually a Brewers legend, went from being their manager to now not only leaving the Brewers, but leaving the Brewers for their literally most hated arrival in the Chicago Cubs. So thank you, Brewers. Appreciate you. Um, me personally, man, I want to see Shohei in Chicago, but that probably isn't going to happen. As long as he doesn't go to New York, I'm good. I'm talking about Yankees or Mets. I'm good. Um, if he goes to Boston, I understand it, but that's just as cold as Chicago, so I don't see him going there. Maybe Seattle, but even Seattle's they got the cap space, but I don't think he's going to Seattle. Um, to be honest with you, man, I would not be surprised if he ends up in Houston. 
<laughs> I got like like Houston got the money, they got the team, they got the situation. They can do it. I mean, I'm not gonna be surprised if it happens. So if it does, let's let's see what happens. Um but man, I wanna see where Shohei goes. And I think Shohei ends up wherever he goes, the the team is going to immediately change and turn into one of the best teams in baseball because of wherever he goes, he's going to be surrounded by the best team with the best situation because he's not going to sign. Sure, he's pretty damn smart. He's not going to sign to a situation where, you know, he he doesn't have the right teammates or the right players. I mean, he just literally had to go through the Los Angeles Angels, you know, camp and know that this is not where he wants to be. A non-winning organization that's not going to have the right players or the right situation for him. So I can easily see how, you know, him going to a pretty much a a dead stop franchise again isn't going to work. So I can definitely see him going to the franchise, a franchise, a true situation where he can actually win a championship and be one of the best players in the league, which he's already there and really transform into the true face of baseball, which he's already that too. Um, despite what people want to lie and say about baseball, he's the face of baseball. Let's get that out the way. Mike Trout, on the other hand, I spoke on this when I was doing the podcast episode about the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, and I said it sucks that Mike Trout has, isn't having a career as a Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, though, was – pretty much proceeded supposed to be one of those guys. He was proceeded as the LeBron James of baseball, you know, uh, straight out of high school. A lot of people thought he would be that guy. Um, so I'm not surprised that, you know, you know, I'm not surprised that uh, Bryce Harper has become what he's become. The problem with this is Mike Trout has always been perceived as the guy, the franchise player, the game changer, the true superstar. And he has not been in a position in his career to be that. I mean, he's literally had one winning season in his entire career. He's been to the playoffs one time in his career. And I remember the year he got to the playoffs. So it is a a damn near impossible task for this man to not have a winning situation around him. Now, if the Los Angeles Angels are really going to trade Mike Trout because they can't keep Shohei Otani, then do it. I definitely think you should do it because that is a a terrible situation if you don't give this man a chance to go somewhere and be a star somewhere else and maybe win a championship. Now, I would not mind him going to maybe getting traded to Houston or he gets traded to Texas or he gets traded to an Atlanta or, you know, a Chicago, or a, I don't want to see him in the Dodgers. That would suck. But the Giants, if he goes somewhere in that situation, I would love to see him there um, personally. But, you know, that's what I think. But that's my baseball take for this week. Uh, congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Let the show here, tiny sweet stakes begin, baby. Um, when it comes to basketball, uh, James Harden lost last night his first game actually physically playing this season. This is that was literally his first game playing this entire season. Um as a clipper and they lost to the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Uh go fucking figure. The Clippers are never gonna be this championship winning organization. 
from the moment they signed Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you literally signed two forwards that play the same fucking position. Kawhi plays small forward. Paul George plays small forward. You were not going to change the situation. So the fact that you drafted, you signed two small forwards to play two different positions, to play to play the same position, but now Paul, Paul George has to play shooting guard. And then you make this dumbass decision to go get James Harden, knowing that this is what he plays. He plays shooting guard. I don't understand the Clippers thought process behind this. Russell Westbrook was doing his job. He was doing what he needed to do. The Clippers trading away literally pretty much the most of your most important players outside of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, which is defensive help, and you trade them to Philly. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, the Clippers are actually in a – and I know it's only been one game. I know people are going to say, Brandon, it's been one game. It's the regular season. This isn't that serious. But this is just a prelude to what the fuck is really going to happen, which is the Clippers are not going anywhere. They Like I said when this shit happened, I said Philly made the Philly got the best part of the straight. James Harden's out the building, and you got people that can actually play defense and actually shoot the ball. You got better. They did not. The Clippers got another fucking ball handler that really can't play a certain way. He has to play this way, and if he doesn't play this way – He's not going to fucking help you, and he's going to run out in two damn weeks. With that being said, I don't trust the Clippers at all. It's going to suck because Ty Lue deserves an opportunity not to be in a position where for the second straight fucking time in his career, it's circumstance, it's not him. When he was, you know, let go by the Cavaliers, it was because of circumstance. It was the situation at the time. LeBron James, I think, had just left our, uh, uh, um, you know, Kyrie Irving um, wanted out. It was a lot of shit going on. The man still got him to NBA Finals and everything. But the fact of the matter is he got fired because of some bullshit. And this is exactly what the Clippers is, a big-ass ball of bullshit. They are not going any farther than what the fuck they're at right now. I don't think they're that. I think they're literally the seventh best team in the West, which means you're going to be in a play-in. I don't think you're that fucking great. I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul, if Kawhi or Paul George ever gets injured, you're fucked. And James Harden is trying to play himself back into shape. You're 30-something, 35, 36 years old, trying to play yourself back into basketball shape. That shit was cool when you were 28. You're 35, 36 years old. Motherfucker, you ain't playing yourself back into basketball shape. Either you got it or you don't. See, this is one of the reasons why people don't understand. One of the reasons why Kobe did not like Shaq when they were together. Shaq always used to say, I'm going to play myself into shape. I'm going to wait. I'm going to play myself into shape in about two weeks, three weeks, or a month into the NBA season when I'm finally in it. And when I'm finally there to play, I'm ready to go. And it's like Kobe was like, man, I'm putting in work every fucking day. I'm training every fucking day to be the guy. I'm training every fucking day to go hard. And you're not doing that. And then on top of that, you have the Clippers right now with a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George that, let's be, for, you know, for, you know, a good sake here, that they might, they might at some point get injured 
and then you have to figure out how to get those dudes, you know, going at some point. The Clippers are in a fucking ball of trouble, man. You lost to the Knicks. The Knicks are actually really good. So I'm not going to sit there and act like that was such a crazy loss that they had against the Knicks. The Knicks are a really good team. But the fact of the matter is, it's just a prelude to what the fuck's going to happen when you get in the playoffs. One ball, four players that need the ball to, to succeed. That's not going to work. So at the end of the day, I don't see this Clippers team really being that great. Like I said, they might be in the play They might be in the play-in like the seventh seed. And I don't know if you get past the fucking the play-in, to be honest with you. So good luck. Fair thing else, uh, Anthony Davis is injured again. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a story, isn't it? Anthony Davis is injured again. Um, he hurt his hip last night in the Miami game. I know they're bitching him on there about a call that wasn't made uh, last night in that game. Uh, Lakers are bitching him on and complaining about a call that wasn't made last night in that game. Listen, Lakers, let me tell you how this is about to go. LeBron James is about to play way more minutes than you fucking need him to. He's about to be 40 years old in December. The fact of the matter is, is this. You gave your hopes and you put your hopes and your dreams into a guy that ain't never been that guy. He ain't never was that franchise player. When he was in New Orleans, he had no choice but to step up. And you traded for a guy that as soon as he got his title, he finally got his ring. He went into hibernation. He only comes out when you need him. <laughs> that motherfucker don't try. Now he's got a hip injury. We don't really know the severity of it. It might be a day, might be a couple weeks, might be day to day, might be a couple weeks, might be a couple months. But now that hip is going to be bothering him for the entire season, like all his injuries do. And at some point, he's going to get re-injured. Either the hip or something on his body is going to be because of the hip. You already are missing time and it's only been, what, four or five games into the season and you're already injured. That tells you all you need to know about Anthony fucking Davis, bro. The Lakers are going to be okay as long as LeBron James doesn't get injured. And the moment he goes down too, the fucking Lakers are screwed. I am down done with this conversation of the Lakers are some good team. They're Okay, I guess. But they're not going to be some franchise. This is not a franchise-changing team. This is why I kept saying, what you did during the offseason is just get a guy that you kind of sort of probably liked. You got some guys that can kind of fill in and kind of help the rotation and kind of help certain things. But they're not great players. They're not superstar players. You're not, you don't have that true number one. Outside of LeBron James. You're asking LeBron James again to play 40 fucking minutes a night. And that, to me, is where the problem lies. Anthony Davis is re-injured. LeBron James is going to have to play 40 fucking minutes every game damn near to win. And everybody's screaming about how great he is and how great his caliber is. And that's awesome. What happens when he can't keep that pace up? What happens when that, that age starts to kick in at some point? What happens when he stops being this productive? What happens? Because eventually it's going to happen. I know people are sitting up here and saying, he's LeBron James. He's going to keep this going for as long as long he wants to. He is 21 years into the his career. 
and he's, what, 38, 39, 40 years old, eventually he's going to hit a wall. And right now you're playing him 40 minutes a game damn near just to win early fucking games that doesn't even matter. Yeah, I'm sorry. That that's that's kind of unacceptable. I don't understand this shit. It's too early to be playing, you know, him forty fucking minutes in a meaningless game early in the season. If you want to be in the playoffs, you're gonna have to limit that minutes restriction. You got to kick it in. I know you don't want to. I know you're so afraid of not having LeBron early in the season, or at least being competitive early in the season. But for the Lakers' sake. I'm sorry to tell the Lakers fans, you might actually have to sit LeBron James a little earlier in the season than you want to. I know that you're supposed to have him on a minutes restriction early in the season, but if you do it late, if you have him on a minute restriction late in the season, you're not going to be there. There's no playoffs to get because I don't think you make it to the playoffs. You don't make it to the playoffs if LeBron James not playing 40 minutes right now. Because late in the season, who says LeBron's going to be healthy? Who says Anthony Davis is going to be healthy? But I don't think the Lakers or the Clippers are great right now. I think they're they're okay teams. They're going to make it through a lot of the stuff. But, yeah, I don't expect them to, to, to be there forever and ever. That just ain't going to happen. And also, go to state is rolling right now, man. Steph Curry is on that ass. I literally said in my preview show for the NBA, I literally said, man, that Steph Curry is going to win the MVP this season. I wasn't joking. I wasn't playing. I was dead ass serious. And right now, that boy is going out there and shooting the fucking lights out. That's what the fuck he do. I told, I said it, I said the Warriors are going to win the Western Conference. They are too damn good not to win the Western Conference. Everybody's complaining and talking about this, that, and the third. Listen to me, man. Chris Paul being a part of that team and being coming off the bench or not, that team is too goddamn good to just be struggling. That's a good team. And they're veterans. They know how to win games. And Steph Curry right now is becoming the true closer of the NBA again. Like I said, Steph Curry is going to have an MVP season. I was trying to get y'all prepared for this shit. It's only been a couple of games, I know. But I've been trying to get you prepared for this, man. Steph Curry is about to go crazy this season. I told you so. <laughs> I fucking told you so. Touch. Anyway, let's get into it. So, like I said, football. Ha ha ha, football. So, USC fired their defensive coordinator, right? I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, here's the problem with that: you fired them three games after you already lost. You're not. You're not. That's not any shocker. 
or anything. Caleb Williams had an emotional uh, ending to his game against Washington. I'm going to be honest. I would be surprised if – I mean, he might play Saturday against Oregon, but uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, if I was him, I know I'm not going to the Pax, uh, the, the New Year's Six Bowl. I know we're not going to make it to the New Year's Six Bowl because we're going to probably have like four losses by the time we get even to that. Maybe five because you still got to play UCLA. Um, so probably five losses by the time you get to that point. Um, so you're not going to be in the New Year's Six Bowl. So you're playing in some bullshit bowl. And if I'm I'm Keller Williams, man, I'd probably play the Saturday and be like, "Yo, look, man, I'm about to start looking forward to the draft. Um, I'm getting for I'm getting I'm getting ready for the draft. Um, which can be a, a a daunting thing for him, or it could be the thing that actually need they need. If he also goes out there and shows up on that in that game against the Oregon Ducks and play hard and does his thing, if he does that, man, I would not be surprised if. Uh, Kayla Williams says, yo, I've done enough to keep my draft stock up there and get what I need. I'm out. So I can definitely see um, – yeah, I can definitely see Kayla Williams dipping out for the rest of the year. Um, you don't go up there and have that type of emotional response after a game like that uh, with your family if you don't already know what you want to do for the rest of the season, like what you want to do. Um, I can definitely see him play Saturday, but after that it's kind of like y'all on y'all. Uh, that we're not going farther than this. I don't really have no. Not to go, we're not going to the Pac-12 championship game, and we're not going to be in the New Year's Six Bowl. What the fuck am I playing for? I'm not playing in some rink-a-dink-ass college football playoff thingy that they gave us like the Holiday Inn Bowl or some shit. I need like I'm I'm not playing in that. I'd rather just sit and chill and watch what the fuck happens with my draft stock. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not too surprised by it. Um, about the situation at all. Not surprised at all. Um, there's a little bit of an interesting situation brewing, um, with everything. Um, Alabama beat LSU this past weekend, which means Alabama could win the SEC West, particularly this week, because Georgia plays Ole Miss, who Alabama's already beaten. But if Ole Miss loses, then they are completely out of the race for the SEC West because they have two SEC losses. Alabama and Georgia, and Alabama has no SEC loss this season. Um, so, despite of what Alabama looked like at the beginning of the season, they're winning these games. Now, do I think their quarterback is great? Fuck no. But do I think they could win a game or two if they get in the – which is pretty much the thing. If they get into the play-in, the playoffs, they have to get into the playoffs. But they have to go through Georgia. And I don't think Georgia's great either. I think Georgia is actually very fucking bad. But because they have to play a certain way right now because their number one weapon isn't there, it's starting to show how Georgia's offense can be moving. I don't think either one of these teams are great. But compared to what I've seen in college football the last couple of weeks and weeks, The SEC, who looked so dim at the beginning of the season, now look like they're going to probably get two teams in a fucking college playoff tournament, which we shall see. <laughs> we shall fucking see. Anyway, talking about the college playoffs tournament, the college playoff rankings came out tonight. Um, and the same results for what they had last week, pretty much Washington, Oregon, 
Florida State, Michigan, Georgia, you know. Well, I do my crazy six, and my crazy six is this. At number one, it is still Michigan. Michigan is number one. This weekend, they go to Happy Valley and play Penn State. I'm looking forward to that game. If they dominate Penn State, there's some conversation to be had about how good Michigan really is. Now, I get it because they haven't technically played anyone, but let's put things into perspective. Last year, Georgia didn't play any fucking body either. Hell, Georgia hasn't played anybody this fucking season. And Georgia is now, to them, the second best team in college football. I don't know how the fuck that works. But Georgia hasn't played anybody either, but they're saying Georgia's the second best team in college football. But yet, that's a like a disconference to how Michigan looks. Michigan has dominated every fucking team they've played this season. I cannot say that about Georgia. This upcoming weekend is the weekend where Michigan has to show everybody we are that shit. Stop fucking playing with us. I think JJ, uh, JJ McCarthy and that Michigan offense is going to roll on Penn State. Penn State has a really good defense. But I don't think Michigan is afraid to stop that. I think Michigan is going to run straight through Penn State. Uh, I think they're going to beat Penn State in Happy Valley. And I feel really goddamn sorry for how bad this might be for Penn State. Like, I actually had a lot of eye hopes for Penn State. I thought if they beat Ohio State, this game would be the game to really worry about for Michigan. But the fact of the matter is, Penn State is good, but Penn State is not going to stop this train called Michigan by no stretch of the imagination. And I feel even worse for Ohio State when they do play Michigan in the big house because you're asking that offense to put up 30 points on Michigan because Michigan's going to probably put up 30 points on Ohio State. So I got Michigan at number one. My eye test tells me Michigan is the best fucking team in college football. I don't give a fuck if they ain't played nobody. When they do play people, they're going to beat the shit out of them starting this weekend with Penn State. Michigan is the number one team in the polls. I don't know why people are so goddamn stupid about that. Here's the thing. Last week, they got on my top ten list, my, my crazy six list, right? And I said they're fifth. They're the fifth best team. But I did say they were going to probably be in the college playoffs if I had to choose. They're in the college playoffs. I don't give a fuck how people want to write it down or, 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 or kind of just spell it or whatever. They're in the college playoffs. Because number two to me, what my eyes have seen, is Oregon. Oregon is the number two best team in college football. I know they lost to Mich- uh, Washington. In Washington on the road when their kicker missed a kick that could have tied the football game. 100%. Understandable. What I need people to really understand is Oregon's fucking good. Defensively, they're actually really good. And offensively, Bo Nix has played in college football since Obama was president. Like, this dude's been in college football for a a long fucking time. This is the guy that was supposed – this Bo Nix was supposed to be the guy that was supposed to take Auburn to all these things. It never fucking did. And then he goes to Oregon. It's like, oh, wow, look, he finally does belong. It took him to get the fuck out the SEC to get to the 
Pac-12, but, you know, do your thing. Um, I'm not surprised about how – I'm lying. I am very surprised that Oregon has not found one moment of struggle this season. Outside of that Washington game, which was actually a very competitive fucking game, I think at the end of the day, man, Oregon is the second best team in college football. I know it it's crazy to sit here and say that, but Oregon's the second best team in college football. I'm watching these games and Oregon hasn't lost a fucking stride, man. Outside like again, outside of that Washington game, that is literally the only game that they physically struggled in. They dominated Colorado when Colorado was up here. They fucking dominated them. They beat the shit out of, like, last week, California, which I said they were going to do, they beat the shit out of Cal. Like, they handed them boys a terrible loss. I have not seen one game where Oregon has struggled. And the game that they lost was a, they barely fucking lost that game. On the road to Washington, like, yeah, Oregon is the second best team, man. I get it. They lost to Washington, and I totally understand but I'm watching how Washington looks against after that game, and I'm looking at Oregon. You cannot tell me that Oregon lost to Washington. Washington looks absolutely despondent every time they play. Whereas for Oregon, they look like a fucking tank. Them dudes are just rolling. So I think Oregon, man, Oregon is the second best team in college football, man. I, I, I can't go against it right now, man. Number three on my list, Ohio State. Now, Ohio State did not. Looked great against Rutgers last week at all. They struggled early. They didn't look like they were ready to really play. It it just didn't go well. Of course, later on, they won the game. I think it was 35 to 16. But this is why I keep saying they're going to fall into a trap again. Michigan is going to stop Ohio State. Ohio State's offense isn't that great. It's literally predicated on Marvin Harrison Jr., and that's pretty much it. The running back is good. Harrison is good, but Ohio State is literally predicated on Marvin Harrison Jr. Their second-best receiver isn't even playing right now. I think he's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. And it's just this is just too much for Ohio State. Now, do I think the defense is good? It's better than what I expected. But, again, you're going up against a situation where Michigan has a really well good, really well balanced offense and a pretty damn dominant defense. At some point, they're going to stop Ohio State. And on top of that, you're playing them in Michigan. That is a dangerous situation when you don't trust the offense. When your offense is literally predicated on one player and also a defense that probably can't really handle that much of that offense. So I'm just looking at this and saying to myself, I think Ohio State is the third best team in college football. Do I think if they played Oregon, they can beat Oregon? Probably. But I don't want to play a probably because I still think Oregon can score on Ohio State. I don't know how many times Ohio State can score on Oregon like that. So that's why Ohio State is my third best team in college football. For For this Florida State, Florida State is the fourth best team in college football. They also struggled. It was in the rain. It was Pittsburgh. I get it. But this week is actually a shaky one for me. I'm not even going to lie. Florida State, Miami, that game is a little shaky one, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on when I get down there. But 
you know, talk about, you know, my eyes on the on this upcoming week. You know, my eyes on college football this upcoming week. Florida State is the fourth best team. But the thing about Florida State is I don't know who they are yet. Even when they beat LSU, they have struggled the last couple of weeks. And I think they've struggled to t- try to figure out who they are. What are they? What is what is what is this thing that they do so well? I love Jordan Travis as the quarterback. Uh, Keon Coleman is a hell of a receiver, but Florida State is struggling to find out who they are. And if they fuck around this upcoming weekend, if they fuck around this weekend, they could go to Miami. They could lose to Miami, and that's a very shaky thing because it could happen. Miami's a really good team. I know they don't really have their starting quarterback. But Miami's a really good fucking team. And this is the type of game that Florida can show that they're really dominant or they can show that they just aren't that team yet. But they're fourth on my list. Fifth on my list is the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, Despite what I feel about Georgia's offense and defense sometimes, Georgia's the fifth best team in college football. My eyes are showing me for the last couple of weeks is that Georgia is still going to win these games. Because teams have to play three phases of football against them. And if you think you just beat them with one, you're going to lose the other two, and you're going to lose the game. Um, Missouri played well in that game against Georgia. They did an amazing job. Now, a lot of these, a lot of them penalties started to happen, and they started trying to fuck Missouri, which they did. But, you know, like the fucking, you called the, this is the dumbest penalty on the planet. You called a, uh, attentional grounding on a damn quarterback, but then five seconds later, you reviewed this shit, and then said, oh, it's not attentional grounding. What? Like, it was It was like, what the... F- you can't review attentional grounding. What the fuck is going on? Like, it was the dumbest shit. And I was like, okay, these niggas are clearly cheering for fucking Georgia. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, you can't do that, bro. Like, you cannot sit there and tell me. It was attentional grounding, and then five seconds later, be like, oh, well, we reviewed it, and it's not attentional grounding. What? I, it just, oh, my God. Yeah, that was that was so damn stupid. Um, anyway, Georgia's the Smith best team in the college football. Again, I don't trust Georgia at all. I think Georgia is very lucky to be in a position they're in, but I don't, I don't think Georgia is – some great football team. I think Georgia is Georgia's Georgia. I think they're 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 what Alabama was for a lot of their years. You know, they struggled a lot with the defense and offense at some times. Maybe the offense was good, but the defense would struggle a little bit. Maybe the defense was really great, but the offense wasn't wasn't clicking. But they just found ways to win games. And that's exactly what's happening with Georgia now. They're just finding ways to win games. Like I said, it's three phases of football, and they're doing what they need to do to win these games. Punt returns, kick returns, whatever. They're finding ways to win these games. And Georgia's the fifth best team. Now, I don't think when they go up against Ole Miss this upcoming weekend, that's going to be an interesting test for them because I don't know because Missouri was stretching them out and, and, and making them actually have to play the entire field as a defense. I don't know what happens when they go up against an old Miss that can do that and do that to the highest level of their abilities. So I want to see how that's going to look. And my sixth best team is Washington. 
Now, despite how much I fuck with Washington and I love Washington, Michael Penix Jr. and all them, their defense, like I said about the Oregon game, that team has kind of slipped since that Oregon game. They have struggled since that Oregon game. And the Arizona State game, I let it slide. The Stanford game, I even let it slide. But last week, excuse me, giving up 42 points, I get it, it's USC. But still, giving up 42 points to a deep to a team that can't really stop your offense, you should have scored 60. If they scored 42, you should have scored 60. It shouldn't have been 52 to 42. That, that That's crazy. Um, I think this upcoming weekend playing at Utah, that's actually a shaky game for, for Washington, man, despite what people want to say. That's a shaky fucking game. Utah always gives Washington fits. I know Utah wasn't great in that game, but Utah wasn't great last week. I get it. But when they played Oregon, I get it. But it's still Utah and Washington. That's a rivalry that dates back all the way to when they were in the, uh, the Mountain West together. So it's going to be an interesting situation to see what happens in this game. They're in Utah, they're in Washington, so they're lucky for that. But outside of that, uh, yeah, I think Washington. This is gonna this is gonna be one of those testing games for Washington, definitely. So that's my my crazy six: Michigan one, Oregon two, uh, Ohio State three, Florida State four, Georgia five, and Washington is six. Now, like I said, eyes on college football. My eyes will be on these games. Yours should be too. My skeptical games of the week, my most interesting game of the week, my upset of the week, and of course the game of the week. A couple of these games I've kind of already talked about, but I'm going to go into them a little deeper. One game out the gate is my skeptical game of the week, which I just said. Washington is six in my polls, my crazy six. And that game against Utah is my skeptical game of the week. Again, it is Utah. It is Washington. It is a very massive robbery game. They've been going at each other since they were in, like, the Mountain West Conference. Like, this is what they do. This is a game that I think will definitely be very intriguing to see. Um, it's always a, a very interesting rivalry. Um, I mean, when Mo- Utah was in the Mountain West Conference and they used to play Washington, this is always a robbery. This has always been a robbery. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this game is going to play out. Like I said, Utah did not play good against Oregon. They got absolutely destroyed. Um, they did not play well, and they did not show up. Even at home, they didn't show up. So Washington's been very shaky the last couple of weeks, defensively particularly, and some of their offense have had some some down some down slots. So I'm ready to see how that game is going to look. But I got Washington, but it could. I would not be surprised if Utah does beat them. I would not. Utah's a pretty good team, and they're still in the polls, by the way. So. Anything could happen in that game. That's why it's my skeptical game of the week. Now, my most interesting game of the week. Another team I talked about in my my crazy six. Florida State. They're playing against Miami. Like I said, it's a robbery that dates back as old as time, man. Miami versus Florida State. Miami six and three this season. Florida State is nine and zero, oh, and it's such a game. It's a robbery game that anything could fucking happen. Like anything could fucking happen in this game. Like I said, Florida State's good. They're really good. But Florida State's had some games where they've not shown up. And early in the game or late in the game, they just don't show up. And like I said, Miami doesn't have their starting quarterback, but I still think it's a Florida State-Miami game. Anything could fucking happen. 
I would not be surprised if Miami somehow some way wins this game. And I would not be surprised how some way Florida State dominates this game. It just depends on what these teams are going to come out and play like. If Miami has pride, this is going to be the game where they show their pride. If Florida State thinks this is the game we have to show we're dominant, this is going to be the game that Florida State shows that they're dominant. I don't know what happens more so, but I do know one thing, is that Miami and Florida or Florida State are going to be – this is going to be one of them games where you got to tune in and watch 100% through the entire game. Definitely. My upset game of the week is another game, another team I talked about my my crazy six, which is Georgia. Like I said, Ole Miss isn't great at defense, but they got some defense. It's the SEC. You got to have some defense at some point. Um, And Georgia's offense – like I said, isn't great. They're not great at all. But for what they need them to do, they can do it. The problem with this is eventually, like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, eventually that tight end not being there, their best player on offense not being there, is going to bite them in the ass at some point. I know you're at home. I know you're facing old Miss. But Ole Miss's offense can spread you the fuck out. Now, I don't think Ole Miss, this is going to be the same game as them and against them against LSU, more so them against Alabama earlier in the year. But Ole Miss knows they have to continue to win to stay in the conversation for the SEC West. They lose this game, it's pretty much over, and they go ahead and put it in a, in a box. Ole Miss is too good of a team to not show up offensively. But Georgia has the defense that can stop them. But I still think this is an upset game of the week because Jackson Dart can actually throw the ball and they are actually 100% healthy offensively, which means that's a problem for Georgia's defense. Because, like I said, Missouri stretched them out last week. They got a lot of big plays, a lot of big yardage. And now you're playing against a better Ole Miss team who's been in, the, been in those situations. Yeah, this can be an upset. And my game of the week is another game, another team I talked about, which is my number one team, my crazy six, and that is Michigan. Michigan goes to Penn State. Like I said, I don't think Penn State wins this game. I think it's I think it becomes competitive. I think Penn State can keep it competitive, but I don't think Penn State just one hundred percent wins this game. I think they're competitive enough in this game that makes us really say, Whoa, holy shit, Penn State can actually go head to head with someone. I know they're at home, but I think Michigan's on a tr- on a fucking like I said, Michigan's on a train right now, man. They're going through every fucking body, and this is the first real test, right? This is the first real test of Michigan season. I think they're gonna pass it with flying fucking colors. <laughs> like I think they're gonna pass it with flying fucking colors. So I do not, tr- I am not afraid of what's gonna happen. I I I do believe Penn is gonna give them a game, but by the second half, third quarter, fourth. Michigan is going to show you to show their dominance and they're going to show why they are that team. So game of the week is definitely that one though, because it's such an intriguing game and it's such a big 10 game. And is Penn state ready to step up and be that team? That's a conversation that has not been asked yet. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see. Now let's get into the grown men, the grown men football, man, NFL, man. So there was two games this weekend that was actually highly hyped and highly talked about and highly anticipated. Excuse me. 
Kansas City and the Miami Dolphins. Now, they played in Germany. And in the first half, Kansas City, um, you know, Kansas City scored 21 points unanswered on Miami. Um, and they finished with 21 points. The only difference is Miami did not score outside of 14 points. The game ended 21-14. Now, what do I think of this game? The Dolphins are starting to show who they really are. We are very fast-paced. We're breakneck offense. But we have no defense that can really stop a really good offense. And Kansas City isn't even a really good offense. They're okay. They are still, they still have Patrick Mahomes. This is one of those games where people can sit here and say, Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. That's one of those games you can say that. Do I think Miami's great? No. I've been saying Miami was okay. Miami's been okay. Miami's offense is okay. Miami's offense is great when they're actually winning. The moment they have these types of games, people sit up here and say, well, is Miami really that good? Miami's never been that good. Miami was okay. Miami's been okay. But you're starting to see this fast team in the, in the building now have the problem of all problems, which is this. You're now starting to play on the road a little bit more. Now you're starting to play these teams that ain't afraid of that high, fast pace ass offense. Now you're starting to play teams that you can't stop defensively. When you can't stop them defensively and they can stop you offensively, now you're starting to have these problems. Here's the crazy part. They're going to win the AFC East. The Jets are not good. Buffalo sucks. And the Patriots are a fucking dumpster fire. So you're going to win the AFC East. Congratulations. You're probably going to be the third seed in the AFC. Either Baltimore is going to jump you or the fucking uh, Baltimore is going to jump you, which Baltimore's already jumped you. Or you're going to be behind Cincinnati. And I don't think you're going to be better than Cincinnati. The fact of the matter is this. I don't think the AFC is great. So Miami's going to win it. But to be honest with you, you might actually physically end up the fourth fucking seed if the Jags keep winning. So you're going to be the fourth seed playing against the best fifth seed, which might be Cincinnati. And at home in the fucking Miami summer January weather, Miami January weather, which ain't going to be that cold, which means they can let that bitch fly, and that defense is going to be ready to play against you with that defensive coordinator. I don't think you beat Cincinnati in a wild card game. High-pressure situation. Joe Burrow, is that's where he, he fucking shines at. Or let's say Cincinnati doesn't get the fifth seed, and it's actually Baltimore. Or it's Cleveland. Or it's Pittsburgh. Or it's like you got a you got a lot of teams that can see Miami and play Miami the way Miami does not want to play them. It it's going to end bad for Miami, which is not that surprising. Now for Kansas City, now for Kansas City, I've heard people sit here and say Kansas City, Kansas City's offense still sucks. That is not a shocker. It's Travis Kelsey or nothing. And the problem with that is in that second half, you saw Miami say. Find uh, uh, something. Find that something because this ain't what the fuck going to – we're not losing to Kansas City this way. You better find that uh, something part. And Kansas City 
stalled the fuck out in the second half. You scored 21 points in the first half, and then you completely shit the bed in the second half. Here's the problem. Miami just didn't have enough time to catch you. That's it. Miami screwed themselves also. Two turn, a couple turnovers, two of the last second was what you fumbled the football at the you fumbled the football the huddle the hike was fumbled uh, the Tariq Hill fumble that was returned for a fucking touchdown which didn't make it any better. Um, yeah, the only difference is Miami just didn't have enough time. Everybody that's screaming about this Kansas City defense, they are literally the epitome of bend but don't fucking break. They're gonna do this shit. On teams, they can do that on. But as soon as you start playing the Baltimore's and the Cincinnati's, the teams that can actually, they see that bullshit and they fuck you up, you're screwed. You're fucking screwed because your offense can't move and your defense can't stop anyone. As soon as they, as soon as they start playing teams like Cincinnati, who they still have to play, they play Buffalo, but I'm not really too, I don't really care about Buffalo. Like that. Um, <laughs> I don't really care about Buffalo like that. Um, I've been saying Buffalo is going to suck for fucking months now. I've been saying Buffalo is going to suck since last year. But my thing with this is simple, man. Kansas City's defense looks good against teams that aren't that fucking good. The moment they play a team that can move the ball on them, they're fucked. Let's not forget, you just lost to Denver. Let's not forget that this team is about to play the Philadelphia Eagles after they come off their bye in Kansas City. I don't give a shit if Jalen Hurts got a broken fucking ankle. They gonna move that ball on Kansas City's defense so rough, and it's not gonna be funny. They gonna fuck over that team so bad, and then people are gonna sit up here and say, "What's wrong with Kansas City? Nothing's wrong with Kansas City." They're showing you who the fuck they've been. Like I, like I just said about Miami, Kansas City's gonna show you who the fuck they are. They still gotta play Cincinnati, and I think they play Cincinnati in Cincinnati, or they play Cincinnati in Kansas City, one of the two, and they still gotta play the Patriots, who have a defense. They might not have the offense, but they got the defense that can stop you. And they still have to play the Buffalo Bills, even though I have no faith in Buffalo. But at least Buffalo can kind of move the fucking ball. And for me personally, that's a scary fucking thing. I think at the end of the day, Kansas City is very fucking lucky. What I think people need to understand is this. That AFC West is not done. The Raiders look like they got new life with a new head coach. The Chargers actually look like they finally figured out what defense was. <laughs> yo, they, yo, the Chargers look like they finally figured out what a defense was. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> the Chargers, yo, the Chargers figured out. What defense was? Holy shit. I'm so proud of you. Oh, fucking good God almighty. Um, uh, I had to laugh at that shit because them niggas look like they know what a defense is, finally. Um, 
And despite how they look, Denver has a fucking chance, man. As crazy as shit, as crazy as that shit sounds, Denver might have a chance. Like, so the AFC West is not over as much as people think it is. I know Kansas City is what six and two, seven and two, whatever the fuck their record is. I get it. Usually this is the time where we say wrap it up and it's over. But that offense is not getting better. They're actually getting they can't run the ball. The last couple of weeks, if you actually watched him, they can't run the ball. Isaiah Pacheco is not having the same lanes he was having earlier in the season. They can't run the ball. So now you can't run the ball. The offensive line is not that great to begin with. And your receiving core still can't get open. And you literally only have one real weapon, and that is Travis Kelsey. And if he can't move, and if he can't get moving, which Cincinnati does a really great job at stopping him, what is Kansas City? Stop saying this is done because it's Kansas fucking city. No, it's not done. The AFC West is still up for grabs. I know people don't want to admit it to themselves, but this upcoming weekend, Kansas City's on a bye. The Raiders have the Jets. The Chargers have to play Detroit. Oh, that's going to be a hard one. <laughs> that's going to be a difficult one. And Denver has to go to Buffalo, which I am not 100% so that Buffalo beats Denver just straight out. The AFC West is not done, ladies and gentlemen. Anything is possible. And at that time in my life, I'm looking at Kansas City, and I'm like, you scored 21 points in the first half, and then you scored nothing afterwards. When the fuck have you ever heard a Kansas City game, and they scored no more points after the first half? And people will sit up here and lie and say, well, that, that defense is still good. I don't. I don't fucking know. Another game was Philly and Dallas. My problem with this game is very simple. Philly's defense sucks. <laughs> it's like, Philly, I hope they go on a bye week and they figure out what the fuck they need to figure out defensively. That was bad. But here's the thing. I'm tired of people lying. You got to stop moving a fucking goalpost. For the Dallas fucking Cowboys. They still fucking lost. I don't care how good they looked. Did you win? No. You lost. I don't give a fuck about these moral fucking victories for Dallas. Like, this is the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen. I've never seen people try to give a moral victory to a team that just lost the fucking game. Like, they lost. Dak had an amazing game. I will give him that. He had an amazing fucking football game. No turnovers, three passing touchdowns, over 350 yards passing, and you still fucking lost. Like, that is disturbing. You <laughs> still lost. By the way, to a man that literally got his fucking knee hurt, injured in the game. Like, this man is wearing a fucking knee brace. Jalen Hurts first play when he got out of the second, and when he came back in the game for the second half, the first play he did, was run the ball just to show you motherfuckers. I might be hurt, but I'm not going to let y'all beat me. <laughs> I'm not going to let you beat me. Dallas. And another thing. This was a rivalry game. I can see if this was against, like, Seattle or Detroit or even San Francisco. And they did that? Okay. 
But this is a rivalry game. They see each other every fucking year. They see each other two times a year. Maybe even three if you count the playoffs. So I'm not that damn surprised that they actually played Philly. I actually said on my Wednesday show, my brother Juan, I said I would not be surprised. Despite of what I'm saying, I do believe this is going to be a hard-fought game. I literally said that. I was not surprised that that was a hard-fought game. What people need to stop acting like is that Dallas is this great, incredible team now. Because they lost to Philly. You lost a rivalry game. A team you see two times a year. Maybe three. And I'm supposed to sit up here and say, now there's some great fucking football team? No. You played a rivalry game and you still lost. By the way, Philly gave you three defensive penalties and got you down the field when you were at the 11-yard line. And you still didn't win. Matter of fact, you moved yourself back to like the 30-yard line. Can we stop this shit? Stop moving the goalposts because they're Dallas. No. You want to be elite? You had to win these fucking games. That's how we call you elite. I don't give a fuck how good you look on paper. I don't give a fuck how many times you get out there and you do these things. Now, for the next three weeks, they're going to beat the shit out of these teams. They're going to beat the fuck out the Giants. They're going to beat the shit out of the Panthers. And they're going to beat the dog shit out the goddamn Commanders on Thanksgiving. And even that game, I can actually see the Commanders actually winning. Because it's Thanksgiving and it's the fucking Cowboys. Like, it's, it's like, that's a losing formula. Let's get that out the way. That's a losing formula. It's Thanksgiving. It's a robbery game. And it's the goddamn Cowboys. Like, it's like, that is... The losing formula of all time. Like, they can always find a way to lose that game. But I expect them to win. I would not be surprised. But I also saw Colt McCoy go to Dallas on Thanksgiving and win that game. I would not be surprised. No, <laughs> I would not be surprised at all. Um, But let's get into it, man. My big four of this NFL week, man. After week uh nine of the NFL season. uh Number one. Obvious, the Baltimore Ravens. They absolutely beat the shit out Seattle. They are so goddamn good, man. They put a rookie running back in the game, and he got a hundred yards rushing. <laughs> yo, they, <laughs> yo, they put a rookie in the game, a rookie running back. Ain't no play. We ain't never heard of this motherfucker dead in our lives. They put him in the game, and he scored. He got a hundred yards rushing. Over 100 yards rushing and, like, two rushing touchdowns. Like, fuck you. Like, that was the, what they were telling us. Like, fuck you. We can do this in our sleep. Like, we can do this in our sleep. Oh, my God, man. That's disturbing. And we still don't know how good these receivers really are for Baltimore. That's the crazy part. We still don't know how good these receivers are. We don't know how good Odell Beckham really is, uh, you know, Odell Beckham or uh, Rashad Bateman. We don't know how these how good these dudes are. But because Baltimore is just rolling through motherfuckers, we ain't got time to guess. They just dominate, man. That defense is unreal. Unreal. Uh, this upcoming weekend, they go to Cleveland. 
man, that game is going to be, that's a game. That's a motherfucker, boy. That's a, that's a game. I'm looking forward to seeing that game. Um, my number two team is Philly. Eight and one. Like I said, beat Dallas uh, Sunday. Um, they lost Dallas Goddard in this game, which sucks. Um, but it gives them free range to see really what they are without him. Um, and when he does come back, that's just that's just a damn juggernaut. Um, like I said, that defense has got to get fixed, though. That secondary is starting to get really, 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 really um, just beat down. Uh, that secondary is not good at all. You traded and got uh, Kevin Byard Byard from uh, Tennessee. Um, but yeah, their secondary, hopefully this bye week gets that defensive coordinator some new ideas on how to use that team, that defense the right way. You can't keep relying on that front seven to get your shit right. And even that can't even work. Them linebackers are not like the previous year's linebackers. They can't play like sideline to sideline like the last couple of years. Um, so you got to figure out how to condense and how to make this defense a back to a Super Bowl caliber defense because the last couple of weeks you've been getting torched badly. I get it. It's divisional games, but at the same time, Washington torched you earlier in the year and Dallas just fucking torched you. So that's not good. Number three, they were on by, and that is the Detroit Lions. I don't give a shit what people want to say. Detroit's the third best team in fucking, like, Detroit's the second best team in the NFC. To me, the third best team in NFL, man. I know, I know. I'm a Detroit fan. I get it. But Detroit is that fucking team. Uh, six and two. Minnesota does kind of, you know, scare me. But outside of them, Green Bay, Chicago, they're not really there. Uh, I know they play Minnesota at some point early next couple weeks. Um, yeah, I, listen, man, Detroit has the team. I want to see how they're going to look with now uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones in their receiving core with Amari St. Brown and Jameson Williams. And now you should be able to get uh, David Montgomery back with Jameer Gibbs, who had over 100 yards from scrimmage and 100 yards rushing, over 100 yards rushing in that Raiders game. I want to see how you're going to look. You go to L.A., like I said earlier. You go to the Chargers. You go to L.A., um, and play the Chargers um, this weekend. I want to see how that's going to look. Like I said, the Chargers have finally figured out what defense actually is. So we shall see how that looks um, against the Detroit Lions. And fourth, Cincinnati Bengals. Come on, man. Listen, man, I think Cincinnati, like I said, is going to kick it into another gear. They beat Buffalo this upcoming weekend. They got the Houston Texans coming to them, which is going to be a hell of a game. Um, but yeah, man, I think the Baltimore Ravens Cleveland game is going to be so interesting to see because if Baltimore actually beats Cleveland, Cincinnati jumps, uh, Cleveland in the conversation for division. So, uh, they jump, yeah, they jump Cleveland for the, uh, the third spot in the AFC North, which right now doesn't seem that crazy because let's be real. And also Pittsburgh plays, Pittsburgh plays somebody this weekend. I can't remember who. But um, I think Green Bay. So if they lose, and then Pittsburgh lose to Green Bay, then Cincinnati's the second best team in the NFC North. In the AFC North, so that's crazy into itself that they could still have a chance at winning the division and getting that 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 top sp- that top spot. So yeah, but I think Cincinnati is now just turning it on. Like I said, when they were losing earlier in the season, 
I don't care. I saw the last couple of years. They suck in September. Then October, November, December, January, that old team at the AFC North in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl saying, we told you motherfuckers we were going to be here. <laughs> now, the uh, Jamar Chase injury does worry me. Back soreness. I don't think if I was uh, – uh, this is such a touching, touching game because if this was the old Texans, I probably would say just rush Jamar Chase for this week. But since the Texans are really good and could make the playoffs this year, you might probably actually need them. So, yeah, but I got that, – that's my, that's my big four. But the NFL season so far this, this week uh, for week nine going into week ten uh, is the Baltimore Ravens at one, Eagles two, Lions three, Cincinnati Bengals four. Now it's time to talk about some crazy shit, and that is the levels of warning for week 10 of the NFL season, and that starts off, y'all know how I do this now, yellow is uh, yellow is caution, um, not there yet, not on the, on the verge of, of, of panic just yet, but you might need to think about it a little bit, um, orange is panic time, clearly, um, and of course red is DOA, dead on arrival. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, let's get into it. So my yellow. So here's the thing. I kind of fucked up. <laughs> I kind of fucked up. And I'm going to move one down and keep it that way. So my yellow really, my caution team for this week, coming into week 10, is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, They're 5-3. and three. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, the last couple of weeks, they have looked bad, and I'm being nice. They have looked absolutely despondent. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Geno Smith, which we all knew, would eventually come back to being Geno fucking Smith. He's Geno Smith. It's only so much he can physically do. But this season, he the last couple of weeks, you're starting to see Seattle go back to what we expected them to be last year. Okay, maybe. And and, and that is the thing. The defense is starting now having a to to pull it in for the for the offense. And they can't do it. Um I actually like still the Leonard Williams pickup. This upcoming week, Seattle, I forgot who Seattle plays, Washington. They play Washington and Seattle. Um, a good game to get back uh, on track, but all it would show me is that you're better at home than you are on the road, which is a bad thing to say because, let's just be honest, you need to win the division. And if you don't win the division, you're starting on the road. And if you're starting on the road, 9 out of 10, you're playing against – San Francisco or Detroit on the road, which is not a good situation for you. Excuse me. Or the NFC South winner, which is still not a good situation for you because I don't care if it's Atlanta, Tampa, and New Orleans. That's not a good situation for Seattle to go into, especially if you're going into that Superdome, if that offense working and that defense is working. That is not a good situation to walk into if you are a playoff team. So Seattle's got to get their shit together. They lead the AFC uh, West, the NFC, no, not a year down in the NFC West because they lost uh, last week. 
but you got to wake up and that 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 is not an understatement because in the in not this weekend and not the weekend not next weekend but the weekend after next that Thursday night game on Thanksgiving you go to you play San Francisco in Seattle you have to win that game and right now you don't look like you can even be competitive in that game. That's not good. So, yeah, yellow caution, Seattle. My orange panic time is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Listen, man, you have now lost four straight games. It is not looking good. I don't think that's a bad thing because I didn't have high expectations for you anyway. But the fact that you still were competitive – is now starting to show there's a fucking limit. There's a ceiling on this team. I've been saying that. I'm not surprised that they have lost the last couple of weeks. That's not that fucking surprising. The problem is you've actually been competitive in these games, and you're still losing. That is where the problem kicks in because you're giving these teams high ho- You're giving yourself a chance just to fucking lose. That is not a good situation. At some point, you're going to revert to the team that I expected. Listen, Tampa Bay – can still move the ball. That's not the problem. They can't stop no fucking body. That's the problem. C.J. Stroud, a rookie, a really good rookie, went down the field with like 40 seconds and left you niggas six seconds on the clock because he scored a touchdown. (laughs) He left y'all six damn seconds. He drove down the field. This man literally told his team, you kind of left me a little bit too much time to drive down the football field. They literally, <laughs> they literally drove down the football field and scored a touchdown in six de- and left you six seconds on the clock. By the way, they lost their field goal kicker in the game and still won the game. That is a damn embarrassment. Yeah, it's panic time in Tampa. Now, this upcoming week, you're at home against Tennessee. That's awesome. But the way Tennessee is playing with this rookie, he going to carve up that defense. That secondary is not good. That secondary is disturbingly bad. And this is what I've always said about Tampa Bay, and I say this about San Francisco. That front seven, if they're doing damage, they're good. The moment, and I mean the moment, they cannot put pressure on the quarterback or create turnovers, your secondary is a sitting fucking duck. And guess what? Your secondary is a sitting fucking duck right now. I expect this game to be somewhat competitive, but even that, I don't know. And last but not least, my DOA, my red, for this week, is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you beat a Rams team that had no Matthew Stafford, don't really even have a running back. But it's clear as day that this front office has lost faith in Jordan Love. It's clear as day. I don't know why. 
This man has had to deal with fucking injuries this entire fucking year. I mean, David Bakhtiari, who is literally supposed to be your best offensive lineman, has not even been there for most of the fucking year. He has had both of his receivers at some point both be injured. And, oh, yeah, his top fucking running back, the main clog of the offense, Aaron Jones, has also been fucking injured. And instead of his dumbass sitting out for most of the fucking season to nurse his hamstring, he's played on that fucking hamstring. He's tried to continuously play on that hamstring. Why? I don't fucking know. But this offense is what it is. And the fact of the matter is, is what I'm going to continue to say. If you're Green Bay, who the fuck are you going to get? You don't have a top-tier pick to just jump up and go get anyone. Nobody's going to run out there and trade you a pick. You might be in the top 10 with the picks, so you could probably get a Bo Nix or Caleb Williams or somebody like that, but I don't see anybody saying, yeah, I want to go to Green Bay and play for them. That ain't going to happen, and that is where I think this situation gets a little bit bad for Green Bay because as much as people want to run out here and scream that Jordan Love's the problem, Jordan Love is not the fucking problem with this team. Is he not good right now? Yeah. Should he be better? Yeah. But to sit up here and tell me that he's the problem, you're delusional. No. That's way bigger problems. How about the fact that Matt LaFleur is just coaching badly right now? He's not giving his kid any fucking chances to really show off and do anything. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and try to make excuses for John Love because John Love should be fucking better than this. This is literally what your fourth year in the league. I don't give a fuck if you're not. A, this is your first year as a starter. I'm watching Will Levis go to Pittsburgh and give Tennessee a chance against the Steelers, who, by the way, you play this fucking week in Pittsburgh. And if you cannot go out there and do that with a second start of his career, he went on the road, by the way, on the road in Pittsburgh against that defense in his second start of his career on a short fucking week. If you can't go out there and do something, you should lose your fucking job. You shouldn't be the fucking quarterback any fucking more. Are you fucking kidding me? It was his second year of his fuck. That is his second start of his career on the road on a short week in Pittsburgh against that defense. And if you can't go out there and do something, you shouldn't be a quarterback in the fucking NFL. Are you fucking kidding me? No, 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 no. You should lose your job. That's fucking ridiculous. Because there is no way in hell a second, second career start on a short week and he still scored 16 points and had a chance to win the game. Come on, bro. CJ Stroud just went out there with his, what, eight career start of his career and dominate. See, this is the thing about a lot of these teams. The New York Giants, Pittsburgh is starting to have this a little bit with Kenny Pickett a little bit. As much as we sit here and say the NFL is hard and it's tough and it's the highest level of competition, yes, that is true. But you can tell a superstar. You can tell a true number one quarterback the moment they get on the field. Will Levis has got control of the Tennessee Titans, so much so that the damn head coach today was like, oh, Will Levis is the starting quarterback for the rest of the fucking season. 
no shit. They didn't, we didn't need for you to say that. We kind of obviously knew that. C.J. Stroud, immediately we know he's the guy. I didn't need to see these eight games that he's played. I already knew he was the fucking guy. I was telling people he was the fucking guy when me and my brother Juan was doing our mock draft. I knew he was good. I saw him play against Georgia last year and outside of a fucking botch kick from the fucking kicker, which was an extra point, he probably would have went into overtime and probably beat Georgia. Like, like let's, let's be 100% honest about this shit today. Green Bay is in a very interesting situation. Jordan Love has got... I'm not telling Jordan Love to go out there and throw for 350 fucking yards or some shit like that. But be competitive. Show that you actually want to be the guy. That's where the biggest problem lies. If you don't show out and sh- show up and show out in that game, bro, that's a... Ooh-wee. That's going to be bad for you. It's going to be bad for you next week. So that's my yellow... That's my orange, and that's my red. Seattle, caution, yellow, Tampa, orange, panic time, and uh, Green Bay, red, DOA. Till next time, this is I Bleed Sports. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next week for more crazy-ass sports. Till next time, I'm Brian Janu. Peace.